running a little bit behind because we had a lot of announcements, but um, I'm going to keep this a little bit short because also what we're going to do is read the Passion today. Um, Palm Sunday's kind of uh, always been a little bit awkward. I've said this before. I probably say it every year at Bloom. Um, we used to hand out palms and because, uh, like, you know, the good Anglicans or Catholics, they do a procession, and, and Bloom doesn't know how to do that. So we didn't do that, but we would kind of wave these things around. When we met at Grant, I remember just it, it was just kind of people go, why are you giving me this thing? And then the kids are hitting each other. And, then, and so then we would put palms like kind of around, and it had this kind of like almost tropical theme. <laughs> and, um, and then through COVID, like I started looking at Palm Sunday differently. Um, I started uh, kind of moving away from the, what I grew up, the kind of American interpretation of it and, and into um, really learning what was going on. And palms are just a funny thing because we don't really know why were they doing this. And actually, maybe it was their clothes. That's awkward as well. Um, you know, they took their garments off and threw them at Jesus. Uh, so we're not really sure what was happening. But that's why this trophy's here. Because uh, it's just as awkward. I'm just making Palm Sunday even more weird for you. <laughs> Palm Sunday. Palms are a symbol of victory. In the Greco-Roman world, it was victory. Like this trophy of one man kicking another man. <laughs> this is Truman's. Uh, martial arts. There you go. So we have these things in our society that, that symbolize victory. Trophies being probably the most prominent. Um, and in a thousand years, archaeologists dig up the remains of what was us. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, they may find these and be like, why did they have these funny statues of people doing sports? Because it was a symbol of victory. It was a reward for winning. Winning. That's what the palms were. And that's what they saw Jesus as. The winner. The political leader who would save them from what they were experiencing as religious persecution, oppression, who would make everything good for them. They wanted a political leader who could win. That's what they saw in Jesus. They're throwing the symbol of victory at his feet. We're not that different. Humanity hasn't changed that much. We're still looking for someone to win, to be strong, to conquer our enemies, to keep us and everything that we believe that we have earned safe and within our grasp. And when we see that person coming down the street, be our leader. Do everything that we want you to do for our nation, for our people. Get rid of all these others. That's what they saw him as. Jesus, on the other hand, this is one of the best, to me, depictions of the person of Christ. Because in the midst of all this 
clamoring and this, this kind of pushing him to, el- to an elevated status, giving him whatever role that, that he could have taken. That they, you know, it was a free, it was be whatever you want for us. He takes a donkey and he rides in. And I'm sure they were like, that's strange, but okay. He chooses a symbol of humility as he enters the city. It's actually the fulfillment of a prophecy in Daniel that the king, the Lord, shall arise to the hill, to the place of where, he, where the king will reign, riding a donkey. This is also the same road that David walked after Absalom's rebellion, dejected and brokenhearted as a king. The brokenhearted king returned into the city on this very path. And here you see the brokenhearted king, Jesus, choosing humility. He didn't take their offer of political leadership, of militaristic oppression and dominion. He wasn't just a prophet. He's the creator. He's the one who spun the world into existence. The word who existed before everything that is was made was in the form of a man riding a donkey. The political aspirations were nothing to him. I don't know if this is right to say, but I would say this is the second temptation of Christ. The first being when he meets darkness and the 40-day fast in the wilderness has offered everything. But this is humanity saying, we will give you any platform you want. Just be what we want you to be for our people. Are you with me on that? His response, I'm still going to walk my road. I'm still heading into the city. I have to. I'm headed to the cross. But I'm not going to walk it the way that you want me to. I'm going to ride it on a donkey. And the humility and the grace and the compassion that's always been embedded in who I am is still here. I'm not a political leader. I'm not an oppressor. I'm not a militaristic force. I'm the one who knows you and loves you. I hold all of creation in my hand and your offers mean nothing to me. He goes into the city. First thing he does, he storms the temple. He literally like trashes the place. It's one of the only times we see this anger rise up in him. He said, you've taken what was beautiful and holy and universal. In the temple, there was the court of the Gentiles. There was this recognition that everyone has a place. You've taken the very invitation, the doorway into the presence of God on earth, and you've desecrated it. You've turned it into something that that where you gain and where you profit. See, there's judgment. We don't talk about judgment a lot. But judgment is embedded in the very nature of God and it's embedded in the story of the people of God. And Jesus comes to judge those who would misrepresent 
God. Not the prostitutes, not the lepers, not the sick, not the outcasts, the religious system. Misrepresenting who God is, right in the midst of people. He tears it up. Literally. He overturns tables. He throws all their stuff, their book tables, their this and that. What a pastor. I mean, all that. Some people I know would just cave for a book deal. He could have been the leader. He could have, you know, just manipulated everything that, that God is and had it all, justified it along the way. But you know he can't do that because Jesus is true. He's pure. And then what happens? Judgment. This time the judgment of man. They do not like what he's doing. They do not like what he's about. They do not like that he will not be under any circumstances, what they want him to be for them alone. And they start to conspire to murder him, to kill him, to squash the entire movement of love, acceptance, humility, healing, power, grace, everything that we see that Jesus is, they, they want to end it all. Because that movement doesn't let them be the victor. It doesn't let them be the oppressor. It doesn't let them be the victim, right? And so they want to kill it. And this is the time in the story where their minds start to spin with dark thoughts of murder. This is why we read the Passion narrative today. Palm Sunday's weird right? It's not like when I grew up, it's like, oh, this is when they loved, they were like, Jesus, the king. <laughs> no, they said, here's the prophet. Here's the political leader. There's this, there's this kind of tension in the story because Matthew's readers who were in the newly found church, couldn't help but seeing the parallel between the Jewish temple and that religious system in themselves. And you know what? Neither can we. When the symbol, when the doorway, when the system that represents God on this earth becomes corrupt, becomes about money, becomes about power, becomes about prestige, and most certainly gets entangled in politics. That receives the judgment of Christ. And that is a serious thing. It's a serious thing. Because what Jesus says about that 
is that it blocks the flow of the Spirit on this earth. It blocks people from coming in and encountering Christ. Are you with me on that? Jesus wasn't what they wanted him to be. So they judge him. The religious institution, the temple, we could say the church, wasn't what Jesus knew it could be. So he brought judgment. So what's the hope of, of restoration for each one? Well, in the judgment of man, Jesus can escape their judgment by doing what they want, by walking away from the way of love, by walking away from the way of salvation. And the judgment of God, what, how, how's the, how does the church, how does the religious system, how, does the, how do we escape that? By repentance by receiving the Holy Spirit, by being filled with the love of Christ, by turning away from everything that we build that would be in our own name, in our image, in our division. That's a more generous offer, right? I'm so glad on Palm Sunday Jesus didn't give in to the small-minded schemes of man, but that he set his sights on his road, even knowing that death was coming, so that he could free us from all of it. Free us from all of it. And our response let everything that we do, let every time that we gather, let everything that we are represent that in its fullness. Right? Let us be kind. Let us be whole. Let us be healed. Let us be full of your love and your light. That all would see you. Let us put nothing in the way so that truly the king would come in us. It's not about victory. I don't have a donkey. It's about humility.